We're talking Monday night football, Giants Chiefs results, plus what's ahead for the Giants as the NFL trade deadline looms. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by David Turner, president of Maverick Sports Consulting, former NFL scout. Missed him last week. We weren't able to hook up, but he's back with me this week. And uh, David, we've got another loss to talk about, 2017 the score wasn't, you know, the score might be close, but this game really wasn't as close as the score indicates. And gosh, where do we start with this Giants team and, and this performance that they turned in? Uh, well, I mean, it's not much different than what we've been talking about. So I hate to say that, but also, I mean, you got to look at the discipline on the team right now. There were, they're just not good enough to be undisciplined. And there were a couple late penalties. And I'm not talking about the face mask because that was BS. That was a bad call. It totally, he he had the hand on the ball. It, you know, wasn't the face mask. But again, in real time, it looked like it was a face mask. I even said that. I said, damn it, face mask. And then they replayed it slow. And it, and I was like, oh, oh, like everybody else, that wasn't a face mask. Not talking about that. I'm talking about like Penny drop, jumping up out, you know, after he ran the ball really well. And, you know, pointing for a first down is fine. That's not taunting, but then saying something to the dude, um, Brown running out of bounds on the punt and then being the first one to touch the ball, you know, Joe judge turned and said something to him. Like when he came off the field and he said something to the special teams coach, it looked like, you know, they just can't have those penalties. They can't make those breakdowns. And those are mental breakdowns. Those aren't like, again, like the face mask penalty was just, it was what it was, right? It was it was a crappy call, but it was what it was. Um, those ones that I just pointed out are like soldiers hold, you know, later in the or earlier in the game. Uh, right? I mean, he was in the horse. I mean, he was right in the collar. It's like, come on, Nate, you can't be in the collar like that. That's just that's just wrong, you know. And those are the ones that I, I'm picking out today. Will Hernandez rolled back in his stance uh, one time. These are all mental errors. These are not errors that we typically um, are okay with in the, in the league and in the building. These mental errors are easily correctable with discipline and honestly fines and, you know, punishment. Cause this is ridiculous. You got to be mentally locked in. Yeah. Especially, you know, Joe judge the last couple of weeks has put a very heavy emphasis on the fundamentals and, you know, the thinking being that the fundamentals will eliminate some of this stuff. But yet here they are, 10 penalties for 88 yards in this game. They just went backwards. They went backwards from, from having cleaned this stuff up. And you're right, a lack of discipline. You forgot to take Crowder penalty. Um, I think there was another penalty. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think O'Shane Zimenez jumping offside. Um, yeah, that was down. a hard one because that was a good hard count. Yes. I'm gonna, I, I will give a good hard count a credit for uh, offsides. 
Gotta be that, disciplined, though. I, you, you're right, but I mean, that was a young player getting ready to get off the ball to go get the guy. That was a good, hard count. Like, those are the ones, as a personnel guy and evaluator, I'm not going to – if the kid does it all the time, you know, I'll jump on him. But that one, I was like, man, this kid just really wanted to go well, get the ball. Like, you are you more know. forgiving than I am. But, you know, the mistakes and then, you know, the turn, you know, not cashing in on the turnovers, coming into this game, and I wrote down the stat. Let me see if I can find where I wrote it down. The Giants had, I think, scored uh i think they had like nine or ten turnovers and they had only scored something like 10 points or something like that which is just unheard of so they're not cashing in on that of course you know in the first quarter they got the turnover in the end zone of on the chiefs opening drive and then what do they do two plays later they give it back to the chiefs and the chiefs go and they punch it in i'm like oh my goodness well and the chiefs had 12 penalties a dozen penalties so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like they weren't giving them opportunity you know they kept giving them more opportunity but then the giants had 10 penalties which uh, ultimately caused them you know field position and opportunity to go back to kansas city but early the first quarter kansas city was dominating this game let's be honest they were time of possession everything first quarter owned by kansas city yeah the giants in the second quarter up until the last the last drive um remember they were at halftime they were starting to drive that you were thinking they might go down and get a field goal and then what happened they had the holding call then will and hernandez rocked back in his stance and it was just like okay here we go we're moving backwards there's no chance to score and joe judge just takes a knee at the end like screw it we can't even snap the ball right let's just go to the locker room i didn't like that call i at least throw a screen pass or something you know show your team that you're going to compete on every play, not just, you know, not just give up on that. That I didn't like at all. Yeah. You raise a good point because that was another issue I had. And, you know, we talk about discipline, which is probably going to be the theme of this show today, but how many timeouts did they have to burn because they weren't lined up correctly, especially on defense that drove me crazy. How do you not get lined up and now you have to burn timeouts? And especially in that first half, they burned, what, two timeouts? And they they ended up having no timeouts by the time they got to that last drive. And as you said, Joe Judge had to kind of take a knee towards the end there because they couldn't stop the clock. And I was well, like, what? At the end of the game, the same at the end of the game, same way. Yes. Like when when Kansas City was driving at the end of the game, they only had one timeout the giants. So they had the two minute warning and one timeout. They had already burnt two timeouts prior to that. So, you know, again, his inability to manage the clock, manage timeouts, manage that process is something that we're just seeing as an overcurring theme throughout the whole season. Now, like, you know, again, if you guys are listening to this series, I'm doing with Patricia, you heard me week one and week two, I kind of was like giving it to him. Like, okay, they might be learning. They might be carrying over from training camp, you know, cut them some slack. But now we're in week seven. This was week eight. I'm sorry. This is week eight, right? The Giants are now two and five or whatever it is. Or two and two six. And, two and six. Sorry, two and six. So at this point, it there it. one of my old coaches always said it. You're either coaching it or you're allowing it. You're either coaching it or you're allowing it, right? So if it, it by week eight, if you're if it's if it's happening on the field, you're either coaching it to happen or you're allowing it to happen. And when they're wasting timeouts, 
that they need at the end of the half and end of the game, then that means he's allowing things to happen that should not be happening. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's show. But first, let's take a quick break, shall we? In life, we're all bound for different things. And with Beachbound.com Vacations, you could be bound for adventure, for passion, for discovery, or bound for togetherness, uh, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I go on to a vacation at a beach resort, I just like to unplug relax, kick back, and just kind of drift away in my thoughts and in the sights and sounds of nature. And now with beachbound.com, I can find the perfect vacation and so can you. Visit beachbound.com. No matter what you're looking for, they are sure to have it. Beachbound.com. I want to turn to individual performances because a couple things really jumped out at me here and I want to get your take on it. Can you guess who their leading receiver was in this game? Uh, in receptions or in yards? Both. Yards was John Ross. Right. And receptions was Tony? Nope. Devonta Booker. Oh, the running back. The running back had it. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm looking at the stats here. Okay, so John Ross had two catches for 72 yards, a long of 36. Devonta Booker, five of six targets caught 65 yards. He had a long of 41. Was it just the plan to dink and dunk against that Chiefs defense, which, by the way, coming into this game, everybody said was like one of the worst ones they've ever fielded? Or was something going on there that just, you know, maybe I missed it? I mean, what did you see? for the reason that, that they got Devonta Booker so involved in that passing game, instead of going to Tony, Tony had four receptions out of five targets, 26 yards. Evan Ingram had three catches for four yards. Didn't even have a catch, I think, until what, the second half, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I his mean, first I, catch was that touchdown pass. At the yeah, end the- I mean, I I didn't get the distribution of the passing game, you know, this well, week. I mean, do you? I, again, when you watched it early, Shepard was getting targeted. I think he had seven targets tonight. And then he got hurt. Tony hurt his wrist. So I think some of the um, confidence went down there. They targeted Slayton, but I don't know if Slayton even caught a ball. No, um, he didn't. Zero but they for targeted two. him a couple of times. And yeah, he zero for two. It. And then um, I know they targeted Johnson, I think, a couple of times too. And uh, so what I liked as I've been preaching a lot, is that 12 personnel package they used a lot tonight. They used Caden Smith with Rudolph. They used uh, uh, Evan with Rudolph, with Caden Smith. They used some even some 13 personnel, but they had three tight ends on the field at some times. You know what I mean? So I, I think like they used it. 23, too. I think it's a couple times. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like they, I like that they were using their tight ends tonight. Both, um, you know, Ingram and Rudolph got touchdowns. Did they use them enough? No. Did they start to use them a little bit more? Yes. I think that's why Booker got more of the touches, though, or more targets is because Tony got hurt. Shepard went out. Um, Pettit, Pettis got hurt right away. So some of the stuff that they game plan during the week, I'm sure, 
got thrown out the window because those guys got hurt. And then they weren't really sure how Tony's hand was, if he was going to catch it, if they threw it to him and different things. So I just think that some of the stuff got thrown out due to the injuries that happened during the game. And Booker had, again, Booker's a good little player now. You know, he's a little weapon, and the Chiefs weren't really covering him that well. I mean, you know, he was able to make people miss and do some stuff. So, you know, I'm not going to fault him for for involving Booker, um, but I think they should have, A, run the ball more because when they were running between the tackles downhill, they did pretty well, especially on the uh, touchdown drive that they did there at the uh, – in the first half when Rudolph got the touchdown, they ran the ball pretty dang good on that drive. Then they got away from it, which again, I always am amazed. Like, what are you doing, Jason? Just stick with what works and go for it. You know, they, I thought they would have ran the ball at least 30 times tonight. They only (laughs) ran it 20 times between Booker and Jones together. So, you know, they're missing about 10 runs in there. Um, You know, that all being said, it was just like, I I'm not a big fan of, you know, Jason's play calling, obviously, lately. Um, and I would have loved to see the tight ends get more work because I really don't think uh, when I evaluate Nick Bolton coming out of college from Missouri, I didn't think he was a pass. He wasn't a, a he was a liability in pass coverage. He was a run stopper, right? So if you could get him lined up with Ingram or with Rudolph, you're going to win that matchup. You saw how 49, I forgot his name, uh, the safety for Kansas City, um, he struggled in coverage. You know, uh, Sorensen, I think, right? Sorensen, yeah, that's it. That's who Ingram caught the ball on, right, for the touchdown. But he struggled in coverage. So their safeties and linebackers really aren't great cover guys. Not that their corners are, but tonight the matchup to me was use the tight ends, use the backs, get them on these safeties, get them on these linebackers now they do have tyron matthews but again tyron is can only cover one guy at a time yeah i mean looking at this this performance you know if you're joe judge this again the score is not horrible it's not a blowout but what do you tell this team do you just do you say look you know guys we clean up a few things here and 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 we could you know we could still get back on track i mean they're two and six now the season is slipping away. So what, what's your message if you're Joe Judge to this team? What it, well, for me, what I, Here said it comes. Few, what I said a few weeks ago, we lost because of me. You know, you can't go to the team and be like, you need to block better when you're over there wasting timeouts. And you can't be like, you can't be causing these mental penalties when your coaches aren't coaching them up to make sure they're ready to do this. Like, you know, the coaches are teachers. Coaches are teachers. And the report cards reflect the uh, effectiveness of the teaching technique. So when the report card is two and six, how good are your teachers? You know, I'm not saying with all these injuries on the offensive line and on the receivers and everything, I'm not saying this team needs to be nine and oh, like I, I get it. Like there's some, there's some deficiencies caused by injury. I get it. But at the same time, you're two and six. Like if the coaching was better, if the teaching was better, if they were prepared and things were doing better on the coaching end, this team could be four and four Mm -hmm. could be four and four. might even be five and three. 
Yeah. Right. If they didn't miss up the first two games, right. They're automatically at four and four. And then they, there's a couple other, you know, ones in there. They could have slipped one out, you know, by somebody. So if the coaching was better, they could be at least even right now at four and four. This blows my mind because the, the teaching wasn't that bad last year. And it just seems like it's dropped off because it's the same problems popping up. Discipline issues, technique issues, fundamental issues, coaching, you know, clock management issues. It's just, it's like rinse and repeat, it seems, with these losses. And, you know, last week I was encouraged. I said, oh, wow, you know, they play complimentary football. Yes, the Carolina Panthers were banged up and maybe weren't, you know, as good as the Chiefs. You can, you can make that argument. Maybe they weren't as good as the Chiefs. That said, if you play complimentary football and you cut down on the mistakes, you could probably beat anybody. And I just feel like they took a big step backwards this week as opposed to, you know, what we saw last week. Again, I have a hard time with it, but the injuries, like seriously, if you go into a game plan, you got, you think you have Shepard, you think you have Tony, you got Slayton, and then you're like, okay, and you got Pettis. And now all of a sudden Pettis is out. Shepard's out, Tony's hurt, and your game plan, I guess you have to make in-game management decisions, and I'm, I'm not letting them off the hook here. Don't think I'm letting them off the hook here. But at the same time, I, I also been on the sidelines. I've heard coaches in the booths. I know how that messes up their game plans, so it's hard for them to just be able to, you know, grab and go and make, a, make an adjustment that's going to solve a problem right away like look tonight kelsey for kansas city one of their go-to guys had a terrible game like he had five i want to say four or five drops and you know kelsey never drops the ball it's just like unbelievable and and on the other side of the ball they had 12 penalties i mean this game was there was laundry on almost every play and it was legitimate laundry it wasn't like i'm on the refs going come on you're working the man there were egregious penalties on like both sides of the ball every play that's bad football that was just bad football all right giant fans we still have more to come on today's show but first if you do a lot of driving like i do then you need to know about a fantastic new app called get upside when you open an account on get upside you can get up to 25 cents per gallon back every time you fill up at the pump get upside makes it easy to save on your gasoline and they give you Multiple cash out options such as direct payment to your bank account, PayPal, Amazon gift cards, and others. And you can cash out anytime you want. When you open an account today and use our special promo code touchdown, you will get a bonus 25 cents back per gallon on your first fill up. So that's up to 50 cents back per gallon when you open an account on your first fill up. That's Get Upside available on the iTunes App Store or Google Play. And that promo code again is touchdown for 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up with the Get Upside app. All right. So trade deadline is Tuesday, which is when the show is going to air. The Giants two and six, you've been, you've built rosters, you've disassembled rosters. What do you think the plan is for Dave Gettleman? Do you think he sells off but and i hate to use that term but you think he's a seller or or, you know 
un- dismantles this roster, you know, Evan, send Evan for, for a draft pick, maybe send Darius Slayton, who I doubt they'll send him away, give him the injuries at receiver. But, you know, you figure Evan would definitely be on the trade block. Do you make that move of your Dave? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was ready to cut Evan. So if I, if I can get something for him, heck yeah, let's do it. Um, they're not utilizing them and they're not, I mean, again, tonight he only had, was it uh, four targets, three catches, one touchdown, but they're not utilized. They're not utilizing him. You know, Rudolph only had three targets, two catches and a touchdown. It's like, you know, we're, we're not using these tight ends. So why do we have them? If we can get something for him at this point, let's go. I mean, we saw Von Miller get traded today for two draft picks, you know, now not saying you'll get two for Evan. You're not even going to get a second day one for Evan. You'll get a third day pick for him, but why not give it a shot? You know, Um, I wouldn't trade. I know you've talked about trading Bradbury before. Um, I wouldn't trade bad Bradbury because it just causes a chasm in your defense without him there. And again, if you, if you, if you trade Bradbury, you're looking at a two-year rebuilding model here because you already have to put a lot of effort and time into the offensive line. You're going to have to put time into this receiver core now because people are just not healthy and these injury concerns, you have you, you can't make the club in the tub. You got to be on the field playing. So you got to get people that are going to be consistently healthy and on the field. So by addressing those two things, potentially addressing a running back situation with Saquon, you know, now being hurt for the third year in a row, so if you trade Evan, you can still use uh, Smith and Rudolph for the rest of the year and maybe, you know, go get another tight end somewhere and, and that serviceable for the rest of the year. That's the one area I think they can afford to make a move on. Uh, I wouldn't do anything anywhere else at this point with Peppers. If Peppers wasn't hurt, obviously I would probably be on here talking about trading Peppers for somebody because mm-hmm. they're just not using them right. You right. know, they're not using them correctly. So um, but yeah, I'm mean, the only one that I can see is, is now, unless you get a blockbuster style trade, like say a West coast team wanted to come in and get Bradbury and Evan together, like a package deal to go, you know, fix whatever they got going. Um, and they're going to give you a second day, like a two and a six or something for that. You got to think about it because, you know, at this point, like you said, they're two and six, you know, it's a midway point as we would call it eight games, but you're still and your division isn't so far out of reach. You know, it's not like the NFC is a, a burner this year. I mean, well, Dallas is running away with it right now, but right now there's a bunch up in the middle, you know, from points two down to four, although, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But I'm just saying like that, that fifth, sixth spot is in reach with the math right now for the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's they're there. You can, <laughs> you can, you can go make a run for it in the playoff math right now. Not but, with how they're playing, but not, no, not, I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm a competitive individual. I look at it and I do the math and I'm like, if we rattle off six in a row, we're in the mix, you know, um, we're eight and six and we're in the mix with the last three games to go, whatever. But um, you know, this is a team that's not showing they, they, they're going to be able to rattle off six in a row, but they're also a team that's really banged up. Let's, let's give them their offensive lines banged up. The receivers are gone. Barkley's out. 
Martinez is gone. Uh, yeah, but David, let, let, let me let me stop you there because I, I I've got to raise this point. The the Ravens and the Titans. I looked this up on mangamesloss.com, which is the site I used to, to to look at injuries. They have more injuries than the Giants do, and they're managing to win. So. Oh yeah. I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm just. Saying. I was gonna say you keep mentioning injuries, and 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 I, I don't want to discount them because yes, they're a factor. But is it because they don't have the depth? Is it because not all injuries are created equal? What what is the factor here? Why are the Ravens and the Titans able to to win games and the Giants can't? The Titans are are committed to the run game, and they have up until this point they had Henry running the ball which is a big difference, right? If we had, if we had Barkley running the ball still and we had them all year and we could stay committed to the game, that's going to free up a lot of play action stuff. Okay. Even with injuries in other places, um, when your big time money making players get hurt in this, this league in the NFL, it's hard to recoup and rejuvenate that type of, uh, that type of, uh, product production from them okay now when you have the ravens you got lamar jackson who makes up for a lot of the production that they're not getting out of the running back spot because he can run and you know what he throws the ball really well so but they also still have mark andrews they have uh hollywood brown they have a few more weapons out there for lamar but lamar's running the ball like crazy like he really is up there in running yards and stuff i don't have it in front of me but i know he's He's one of the league leaders, I think, in rushing this year already. So, you know, it's a it's a situation where he, that makes up for a lot of mistakes on offensive line. And, you know, when you know people are on man coverage and run them off and then he can just run in there behind it, it solves a lot of problems. I was in the league, you know, with Mike Vick was around and, and, and Randall Cunningham, and they solved a lot of problems with their legs because they were special rare talent. And that's what we see here with uh, Lamar Jackson. He is a rare talent that we are watching play quarterback right now. So I think those are some reasons why that you see those two teams having a little bit more, but again, I'm not letting the coaches off the hook. I just want people to understand. It's not like a magic sauce that, you know, if you don't have all the ingredients, it's going to taste different. You have to, like I said, two weeks ago, when I was on here, you have to go into the lab and you have to figure out a way to win. You have to go in the lab and you have to say, sit yourself down and say, what can we do? I was encouraged by seeing more 12 and 23 personnel tonight. Did they use enough of their tight ends in the passing game? No, that's part of the mixture. I think they have to fine tune and use if they're going to keep Evan around and not trade him. They have to use him more. The tight ends cannot be targeted seven times in a game and you cannot run the ball 15 times with your running back. That's not a recipe for success. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, I mean, at this point, you know, but I just don't want to come on here and like not mention the injuries because there are a lot. And there, there are, and, and, and I don't want to like downplay and it. And they're I mean, key I, players, I you know, like they were expecting Peppers to be the general with Martinez on defense. Like right. those are the two generals and they're gone. Right. Uh, right. And, and I, and I get that. And the left I tackles think- out. So, you know, it, it's like, it's hard. And you got the cream puff playing left tackle. <laughs> and, you know, for, and for what it's for worth, I mean, Martinez, that was a huge one because I think they're having trouble getting the defense lined up. We didn't see these penalties and, and not penalties, these timeouts being called when Martinez was running the show. 
So something's not either getting communicated or there's some confusion. I don't know what the, what the answer is, but you know, look, I mean, this brings me to, to the, the million dollar question here. You've got a lot of giant fans who are screaming fire Dave Gettleman and John Mara, you know, at the start of the season said, I need to see more wins. So now how do you balance this? Do you say, okay, you know what? We had all these injuries. They were critical injuries. We'll give Dave another pass. Or do you say, you know what, Dave, you didn't build the offensive line up good enough, which by the way, I thought the O-line this week was not very good. Um, What do you do if you're John Mara? I mean, I know we still got nine more games to go, but at this point, are the cries to fire Dave Gettleman, you think legit or, or would you, what would you do if you were, you know, putting aside any fondness you might have for, for Dave and looking at performance and how things have gone, not just this year, but all the whole body of work, I guess, what would you do? Okay. Knock it off with this fire Dave Gettleman crap. Let's just be honest. Or I'm going to start cursing because <laughs> they had going into the year, they had a deep, receiver room they had a very good tight end room they had a good running back room they had a good they have a good quarterback they had they had good pass rush front seven peppers um and logan ryan and bradbury in the back end and then mckinney was it uh coming you know in safety so they have the talent like it's there Dave can't patch him up and get him back out there or he would. <laughs> so we, the, the responsibility of the personnel guy is to make sure when we get into season, the cupboard is full. Okay. If you go down from kickers to punters to long snappers all the way through the roster, the one shelf, the one shelf that was not full was the offensive line. And we've been saying it the whole line. He didn't the whole time. He didn't do enough there. He didn't do enough there. Okay. But the rest of the roster was full. The cupboard had a lot of cans on each shelf that were very good cans to go out there and perform. Even tonight, if they ran the damn ball more, which he can't control. If they threw to the tight ends more, which again, he can't control. They might've came out of this game winning it okay he can't control the penalties he can't control the turnovers he can't control any of this so when you guys are up up here and upheaval that dave needs to do more i'm reminded of what ernie accursi said when he retired he looked me dead in the face because i asked him you're at the height of your game this team is ready to roll like it i don't understand i was so confused when ernie was getting ready to walk out of the building and he said to me david it's Sundays. I'm so tired of not being able to control Sundays. I got to walk away because it's just drive. It's, it's gotten to me too many years, too many times. It's all the drafts easy. Free agency is easy. I, I am building the rosters are easy, but when you walk into a coach's room and this is me talking now, not Ernie, but when you walk into a coach's room and you tell them, stop shifting because that's giving away our plays and you're walking out of the room and the guy in charge of shifting says, Oh, that just means we need to shift more. Cause then we won't tip them off. You turn around as a personnel guy 
and you want to just ream their butts, but you can't because of their coaches and you got to be respectful. When they don't get it, they don't get it. And right now, and I've been saying it for about the last three weeks, these coaches don't get it. It's not Dave. It's seriously not Dave. It's not this roster. I'm telling you, this roster has players on it that they can work and do. Play calling, aggressiveness on defense, that's not Dave. You know, tonight, look at how many times they were in third and three and Graham had his guys bail at the snap, worried about a third and three long ball, and it turned into a first down. He didn't roll up press coverage and get physical with them. He didn't he didn't do any of that. He he was rushing three and dropping eight on third down. And they in the first in the first half, they they got like six uh first downs that way or five, five, five first downs that way. So that's not Dave. You know, he didn't make that call. All right. So that said, that said, it sounds like you're you're, you're telling me coaching is the issue here. So if you're Joe Judge and you have to make some changes. Now, obviously, I, I don't think he's going to fire anybody at the bye week. Maybe he shifts around some responsibility. I don't know. But what's the short-term short, uh, short term plan to fix the coaching versus the long-term plan as to who may or may not survive after this season? It's a dictational thing, like I said before, when Daniel Jones got the you know, the concussion, I said it to you guys, you got to go down to your offensive coordinator and say, take the, take the runs out. I don't want my quarterback running anymore. Yeah. That that was a great catch the other day. You know, Daniel made two games ago, right? He made that great catch, but why is that play in the freaking book? It puts my quarterback at risk out in the field and somebody, some Yahoo freaking DB can drop his head into him, spear him, get a 15 yard penalty. But knock my quarterback out of the game and maybe give him a, a worse concussion. And now he might miss two or three weeks. That's the stuff that drives me bonkers about this because yeah, Daniel Jones is a good player, but you have a banged up team. So why are you putting your star at risk? Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Don't put them at risk. Take those plays out. You got enough other players here. Like I said, to go get it figure it out to do cook the dish a different way to get a, a similar result. You know, you can have a five-star restaurant. That's a Mexican restaurant, or you can have a five-star restaurant. That's a Tex-Mex restaurant. You can have a five-star restaurant. That's a vegan restaurant. Figure it out. Just get to five stars. And that's so what Jason John Mar- Garrett. Well, I'm just, but even your defense, look at your defense. You cannot continue. You can't, you cannot win in the NFL without rolling your damn coverage up and playing zero sometimes. And they barely ever do it. They zone it, zone it, zone it, let teams drive down to the red zone. And then they, again, they clog it up and they hope for a field goal. Like, I'm sorry, get on the, on the opponent's side of the 30, get after them. Let's see some blitzes. Let's go. Like, let, let's swing from the hip a little bit and be aggressive. We're not seeing it. And on special teams, again, tonight, we didn't have hardly any special teams plays that were really positive plays for us. Now, we didn't lose it by a, a special teams play, 
but we didn't make anybody miss as a returner. We didn't have any long returns. And then you had Brown run out of bounds and touch the ball, which added on yardage to them there, a mental mistake. So it's not just Gary. It's all the way around. And if you ask me what the short-term fix is, is Joe Judge walking into the staff meeting saying, guys, this isn't good enough. We're not teaching good enough. We're not coaching good enough. And like I, when you ask me if I'm Joe Judge, what do I say to the players? It's on me. We're not getting you ready to play because we have these many mental errors, this and that. It's on me and my coaches. Unbelievable. I mean, we're eight games in. This is, they should be playing their best ball now. And they, they just, it's, look, I, I realize progress isn't linear, but my goodness, it's been like up and then it goes way down and then it stays down. And then if you're lucky, it peaks at another point. And it just, it's maddening, it, especially when you saw what happened last year. Same staff. It looked like things were picking up the second half of the season. And now it just seems like everything has gone backwards and it's the same staff, the same systems, better talent. You would think that it would be better results. And I just don't understand why. But when you're having, and this is, this is not letting them off the hook, but it's true. When you don't have consistent players at practice and can the same players running the same routes and doing everything, you wind up with inconsistency. You know, the healthiest teams are often the teams playing in the Super Bowl. All right. Now, I know Tennessee and Baltimore are making wins happen. Okay. But you also have to understand these injuries are are severe for the Giants. And when you go into a game with three with these three receivers, Pettis, uh, Shepard and and, uh, Tony healthy enough to play. And then at halftime, they're all three, like two of them are out for the game and the other one's got a hurt wrist. It's tough. And I'm not trying to, again, I'm not letting them off the hook, but you have to out, you have to be better coaches to overcome stuff like this. Yeah. I don't know, my friend, it sounds like uh, we're, we're not even quite halfway through the season. I mean, we're eight games in, we've got uh, the Raiders coming up and they've been playing well. And then we've got the bye week and, just so much to talk about. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. At this point, you know, the roster is what it is. The coaching staff is what it is. The injury situation, that that's just not getting, you know, we could devote a whole show on that, why that might be happening. You know, p- p- different people have different theories about why the receivers keep getting hurt and why there's all these soft tissue injuries. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't profess to know. And I know on the YouTube channel, I had um, somebody who's a chiropractor suggest that there's a lot of injuries because receivers, you know, they do that stop and and, and start motion so quickly. But still, you know, I I, no. I don't know how much that has to do with versus how hydration, they're training. Rest, hydration, rest, and flexibility is the reason why people get injured. Okay. If if they're if they're constantly getting soft tissue issues, it's hydration, rest and flexibility so something's something's falling short then in how they're training it sounds like if they're not hydrating that's on them if they're not resting that's on them and if they're not getting their stretching in properly that's on them Mm. and that's causing the injuries now when you see like a bone break or you see you know a ligament tear or something like that that's different but soft tissue comes down to three things hydration rest and flexibility 
So if, if they're not doing those things and they're not working on their functional motion, like one thing I know we got to go, I'm running over. But one thing I did when I was at the Raiders, I introduced a lot of our receivers to a Pilates class. And I told them to take it twice a week, like on a Tuesday, you know, on their day off and then the off season, take it a couple of times because Pilates works a lot on functional strength and in different, in different muscle groups that you don't hit inside the weight room all the time. So you would strengthen those muscles that often get pulled because those are often the ones that are getting pulled are the secondary muscle groups. And when you see a lot of hamstrings getting pulled, it's because quads are overdeveloped and hamstrings aren't flexed and and developed enough. They're not flexible Mm -hmm. and they're not developed enough. The post interior track, your low back, your gluteus and your hamstring need to be very, very, very flexible in order to be a consistent player in the NFL. And, and I post- can sp- and I can speak to Pilates. I I've done Pilates and it does challenge you pretty good. I mean, I'm I'm still a beginner at it, but I like it and I like where it's going with that. So that it yoga, developed, it was developed for Pilates was developed for ballet ballerinas, and they do all these different lifts and ju- jumps, and their bodies are out of contorted normal positions, football position, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore a Pilates workout a little bit helps strengthen the secondary muscle groups in order to keep them from pulling. When you're developing these bigger muscle groups, these will help support the other ones. That's, that's, that was my whole point with it. Yeah. And Jerry Porter and some of the other players that were there at the time took me up on it. I found an instructor in Oakland. She, she would hold private classes for the guys they could go over and do it. And there would be like 10 guys in there just doing Pilates on a Tuesday on a day off just to get some extra work in. And she didn't make it too strenuous. She just worked them, you know, in different ways. And it helped us solve the issue. So there you go. Free advice, Giants. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. All right. Well, unfortunately, we didn't have a win to talk about. So here's what we're going to do next week. Win or lose. Uh, our next show after we after the Raiders game, we're going to do the halfway point. We're going to actually sit down. We're going to look at these this roster, the performance, the shortcomings, where they can get better. The, we'll take all that into consideration, break it down because you know it's it's going to be a little more than the halfway point of the season, and we'll just see if we can't figure some stuff out or maybe uh, talk some of this stuff through. Talk some of the people out there who are on the ledge, off the ledge and uh, make the rest of this season as bearable as we possibly can. So David, my friend, thank you for staying up late with me to record this giant vans. You'll see this in the morning as soon as I get up, because at some point (laughs) I need to get some sleep. You can see I'm probably dragging. Um, So we will talk to you again uh, on Wednesday. We'll have a new show for you Wednesday. Uh, Twitter, the Twitter mailbag folks will be, we'll move that to Friday since uh, obviously the Monday night game pushed everything back. So that's the plan. We will catch you on Wednesday, Giant fans. Thank you for tuning in, David. Thank you. And we'll have a good day. Talk to you soon.